I am one voice that stands alone. I am one choice, two men the throne. Stand good and take shots, give it all I got. All I got is this microphone. Welcome, everybody, to Pulp Revelators. We have a special show lined up here for you today. Uh, in the studio, we have Contavious Jones. He is a local musician, and uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Contavious. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, killed it. Yeah. <laughs> I was always going to say my he name. He already fits in. If you listen to our other podcast, you're going to see there's just that awkward silence. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Hi. Well, we've noticed there's never any warning when the mic's going to be passed to you. You could be like in mid-bowl of chip and somebody's like, hey, Gary, what do you think? Meanwhile, you're like like, crunchy. I'm thinking this is delicious. (laughs) Have you ever heard of Phoenix Jones? That's so funny you say that. Phoenix. We'll talk about that, but if not, who's Phoenix Jones? He's this guy. He was a comic book shop owner, right? Yeah. But he decided to actually don a costume and he went around Seattle actually punching people in the face. <laughs> but then he got like arrested. He was, he was like pepper spraying people and the cops arrested him. Yeah, real life superhero. He was also an amateur UFC fighter. And those two things you just should not mix together. So, he was also my professional spirit animal. <laughs> uh, next song. I can't imagine what that totem looks like. Yeah. I just can't. Dude, he's a fantastic being. Uh, I'll send you some, some money for coming. <laughs> well, I guess uh, the first musical question I wanted to ask you, and um, then we'll kind of move on from there, is uh, do you sing in the shower? And if you do, what song do you sing in the shower? I do sing in the shower. Um, if I was clever, I'd say singing in the rain. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, when I'm in the shower, I sing. Um, there's a Marvin Gaye song that I love. Um and it's a, uh, it's 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 from this album that he made called "I Want You," mm-hmm. and I can't think of the name of the song. Oh, that's the name of the song. I want you. There you go. It has a killer melody though. Like uh-huh. I don't know all the lyrics. I just kind of like, you know, fumble through them. Yeah. Like the melody and like the groove. Like the groove is crazy. No matter what he's saying, like you could just pull his voice out. Actually, you can't keep his voice in there. But the groove, the pocket is just insane. Mm. Like I'm like, oh, they wrote this, and I can't take it. Well, Gary was hoping oh, for a duet with you. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to chase listeners away. Uh, but no, I um, no. It's it's funny that you say Marvin Gaye because uh, you know, growing up when I uh, in the era I did in the nineties, I, I did I liked a lot of Marvin Gaye music because you're right. It's, it, he puts you in this complete different zone. No matter like no matter how you feel that day, yeah. You listen to Marvin Gaye and it puts you in just a completely different mindset. And that's the one thing, not being a musician or having any talent whatsoever as a musician. I think I, I faked playing the baritone for a year so I could go to Florida and band. But, um, You're just a good actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But it's um, not like that's one of the things I've always loved about music is a certain song can like just take you someplace else. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with a lot of the other things that we talk about, like reading and any of that, it's just it touches that portion of your brain that can come to a full stop with reality yep. and go someplace else. And it's very therapeutic. You just have to be careful to not get lost in it. <laughs> yes, you have to create time and space to get, to yeah. get lost in it. But, I mean, that is the magic in um, music and anything creative, right? right? Any, anybody 
I mean, essentially for the artist, like my aim, I've made it to to connect as, as much as possible. Like, you know, music's just a melodic conversation. And, you know, I feel like it's my it's my it's my most impactful way to connect. You know? Right. And and when music hits, like I wanna believe there's only one type of music and that's good music. Right? And and if it if it gets you like it's doing it. It's doing it. You know, it's funny you say, you know, it connects you because I've seen you play in a couple of different settings yeah. and I've seen you play with a couple hundred people out there just on the street. Mm-hmm. I've also seen you play to five to 20 people yeah, and absolutely. you just, you get in that zone and I can tell that you just, you, you are just enjoying what you're doing yeah. and that you can just, you can just feel what you're doing. And I, that's, I think it's neat. I, lo- I love watching you perform every time I see it. I think it's just a lot of fun to watch. I'm glad you were one of the five. All right. In KJ's defense, it was six people, man. That was a it was a sold out. That was a social. Bathroom. That was a social event that had zero advertising leading up to it. People were showing up and going, "What is this?" Like they had no idea what was going on, and they put him on a side street. He's like on like an alleyway on like the, the back of this yeah. flatbed tractor trailer trailer. And his band's up there and they're playing and they're the only thing bringing people to the event was they could hear music. Like, what is that? Yeah, they're just kind of following the right? sound into the event. We had a good time. We had a good time. I love it. I filled that bathroom, man. I put all those people in those stalls. There was a lie. They came to those stalls for me. So you talk about good music real quick. Do you, is there – what is your kind of – this is good music, this is bad music. Can music be objective quality-wise? <laughs> like, is there, it's like, you know, when yes. you look at art. Yes, I know. And you're I, like, oh, that's good art. Yeah, you're like, man, it's amazing. Is yeah. that just a toilet paper? Right? <laughs> yeah. Just to a wall? They yeah. captured it. <laughs> they captured yeah. the essence. Yeah. It was like 13 grand. I'm not lying to you. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. like a like – a, to the artist, love and respect. I don't know what that piece meant, but love and respect for your bravery. Then, <laughs> it was multiplied, yeah, you was, know. It was, it was, it was a mega roll. <laughs> okay. It should have oh, been the album cover for your bathroom performance. Oh, oh. 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 <laughs> Mr. Chance, <laughs> missed opportunities, success, miss mistakes um, were made. So I mean. It, Bad music, right? That's what you, that's what you taste what you're asking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everybody obviously has their preference, and you know, there, there's some music that that doesn't connect with me. I mean, like crazy over the top, like rage and metal and screamo and things like that. I can't connect to it, but I understand the emotion, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand if that's how folks need to get it out. All the all be it. I'd rather you get it out with that music. Than, well, not just that, the listeners in society, right? Yeah. You're giving the and listeners who prefer that music that outlet too. That's that's the thing, you right? Know, people need to get that rage out. Not that I want to hear it, right? But like, you know, good music. Um, is this? We got a haunted table. Yeah, I made a creek. It's great. <laughs> Halloween's on the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no idea where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> what horror music is that? It was too joyful. <laughs> I wanted to dance. I wasn't scared. Was, Sorry, was, I was channeling Dustin's love of Nickelback. Yeah. I was channeling Dustin's love of Nickelback. So, I mean, you have like, well, so you just gave us a small sample. Yes. Or I say, if, if anyone takes a, takes the time to listen to your music and, and a little bit, we'll give you the opportunity to tell us where they can find it. But, but you you have this just unique voice. 
you know, you know, it's it's obvious you have vocals, and I've seen you play the guitar. Yeah, and I know you can play the guitar. How yeah. many instruments do you play? Well, Good question, man. Um, I won't say that I'm fantastic at any of them. Um, I know enough to write my songs, you know, and and that's the beauty and the reason why I've tried to learn other instruments. Um, my voice, guitar, bass guitar, drums. Um, I, I really work hard. I've been working hard the last couple of years to learn uh, piano because I can't read music. So I play it all by ear and I want to learn the piano so I can learn music theory. I feel like that'll expand my, um, my creativity. And, you know, essentially there's a language that I speak, but I don't, I can't write in it. Mm, you know, I'm with you. Yeah. and it's just a library. There's this lexicon of music that I want to be able to have a hold of. I want to have a handle on it. I love classical music. And like, it would, it would be my dream to be able to play Claire de Lune by WC yeah. on the piano, right? Like, I want to look at that sheet music and I want to play it. Um, and so that, that's, that's one of those things for me is like, I want that instrument. And I just feel like my musical universe will just, you know, just open wide up once I get that. But yeah, that, that's, that's my instrument array. Ukulele too. Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. your recent yeah. Beatles video. I posted yeah. that uh, something, right? Yeah, 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 that was really good. Yeah. I got um. See what you just said there. It's always been something that's amazed me, and <clears throat> I'm incredibly jealous of is the folks that don't need the music. They can just listen to something and play it. Uh, my oldest daughter is like that. Uh, my oldest daughter Maya. What's she, the Nick Cannon movie? What's that? What's the Nick Cannon movie where he does that? Man, why don't you tell us? Drumline? Drumline, yes. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I've yeah, never seen I it. Love your, what? I, um, I, love, anyway. I love your references, man. Yeah. You I've pull out like the teeny bopper references. Oh, so, no, it's no. Zach. It's she, great. She's the same way. Um, and she loves the Beatles and she plays the ukulele as well. And she plays it by ear. And once she was listening to the Beatles and just started playing on the piano because she also plays multiple instruments. And so I bought her a book of Beatles music. Uh-huh. I think she's cracked it open maybe twice. Yeah, she was here. Yeah, and it's just, I've always been, it's almost like a mutant power there that you have. Mm. You can just like do that amazingly just by just nature. It's it's a gift and a curse, right? Because my patience, uh, there's two reasons why, right? Like my, my, I just want to, I want to hear it. I want to get it. I want to play it. That's nice because, all right, I get immediate gratification. But I want to be able to play, like, I've gotten to the place musically where I want to play it note for note. Because when you do that, you're like, oh, my God, this is true. Like, just missing a note in a chord sometimes, like, just makes it not right, you know? Yeah. So when you, when, it, when you truly learn what they composed and how it's done, it, it is it's nuts. It's a learning experience I want. Right. Whereas, you know, I, the curses is, like, I just lean on my ability to, to hear it and reproduce it. That works for me writing my own things. But, you know... If I want to go play straight ahead jazz with a trio and all they have is charts and music, right? right? I have to hear it through once to get the changes as opposed to looking at the sheet, see the changes and be like, all right, let's play. So, right. so with that gift and with like, I mean, do you identify primarily as a musician? Like when you tell, like when you meet people and they ask you, what do you do? It's interesting. Are you a teacher or are you a musician? It's interesting. This is all great because you've taken me down. Well, I'm going to take you down right now. <laughs> <laughs> Watership down. Yeah. I got a question. So when you get when you get down the road, I'll bring far. it back up. I want to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, stay, you, hold, you hold a spot. There we go. Okay. You, you bookmark that. I'll be your anchor. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, now i got to remember where we dove in. 
help me. Do you identify as a teacher or a musician? Teacher first, right? Um, And then musician, because I mean, teaching is really, it it, it takes a lot of my energy right now. I'm in the classroom and even through this past summer, just trying to put together some progressive programs with um, um, my team and the administration in my school. Um, That's my job. Um, But music is, you know, it's my other full-time job. It takes up those other hours. but the reason why teacher jumped out to me because that's the working thing and the working um, concept for my next album. Like a Bob Dylan kind of thing. Well, the name of the album being Teacher. Yeah. And it's this idea that um, experiences, people, um, they, they are your teachers. Um, you know, and like, I'm a faithful man and like, you know, I created, you know, God's a teacher. Yeah. And so the next album will highlight those, just kind of those perspectives, how we learn from those experiences how we learn from a teacher. You know, you always, when you hear the word teacher, you're like, oh, I have shirt, tie, apples, launch attention, right? But I want to dig into that idea of how we're taught from others, how we're taught from experiences and uh, and the things that we learn from others in those experiences. Yeah, I read this quote a couple of weeks ago during my sermon. Uh, Aristotle, Aristotle remarked that we owe more to our teachers than to our parents, for though our parents gave us life, our teachers taught us the good life. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So going back yeah. to the musician part. Back, back at yeah. The so as a, I struggle with this as a pastor, there's always six days till Sunday. Mm-hmm. So everything now becomes a sermon illustration. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yes. Is, I can't watch a movie without being, that's a sermon illustration. Uh, and I lose uh, that part of, uh, am I actually, that. yeah. Do you find that with your music? Like you see everything right. because your gift is being able to hear the world. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you enjoying the world or has everything become, have you found that balance of enjoying the world and yet it's still wow. something you can use for music? Like being present, right? Yeah. Being able, having the ability to be present. Yeah. See, I think there's a, being present for, for folks, you know, one, I'm an empath. So like, I just feel mm. energy and I feel people and spaces and I mean, I just, it's it's daunting. So learn how to navigate that is a big challenge. Um, but but learning how to become present despite um, and I would say you know my wisdom and my vision right um, that's that's the challenge. Yeah. That is the challenge. Like you know I see a lot of pain in this world. Um, I see a lot of it. Feel a lot of it. And um, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. But I've also consigned myself to the fact that. Whoa, me me just trying to, to be a decent person and create some music of consequence and create conversations and interactions that are worthwhile and, and uplifting and trying to impart whatever wisdom I have out there. That's my that's my gift. You're right? pastoring in a sense through music. It's through my walk, right? Yeah. Like, I mean I I get this opportunity one obviously to work with kids, but any interaction with people, you know, where I can just be decent. Like I don't I don't have to be perfect. I just need to be decent. Yeah. And, but going back to your question, it's like, you know, navigating this world and, and obviously everything could look like a song, right? Everything yeah. could be a song and in some ways it is, but, um, I'm just trying to be more present. I can recognize when I am present Yeah. because I'm just, I'm just there. And you can also be ingesting those, those sermons and those things like let them come in there yeah. but don't let them derail you from being, you know, from, from like living that experience. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, I would say to you, just as I think about where you where you are, because I know exactly what you're saying. 
it's like the sermon will be that much better if you truly experience, you know, mm-hmm. that, that outlet. Yeah. Say for me, I do, I write music and I, and I write sermons. Right. So what I find is with music, when that moment strikes me, I need to do nothing else. I need to focus on to music. Go. Yeah, I got to focus on music because like God just drives me in that moment. This is my theme. And when I, when I write a song, I can go from start to finish in a half hour and have a song done. Uh-huh. It doesn't take long at all. Right. Whereas on the other end of that, what you're talking about, where just seeing, I mean, the world is, there's so many things world throws at you where you can go, that's a sermon, that's a sermon, and that's a sermon. Well, um, I, I take out my phone and make a quick note, but I have this, I have this ridiculous memory. Like I can remember what I was wearing and at like in like kindergarten. It's, yeah, it's, some people have that. Yeah. It's ridiculously useless to me. But the few times that it is, is I, all I need is a note or a reference. You can go pull um, it. And I can pull that memory and go, yeah, that's what I was thinking when I put that in there. See, well, that makes it interesting for me then why you would have to be, and I'm going to let you complete it, but I, I don't have a great memory. So I have to document every little micro thought. So I can get a piece of a song. And if it's tasty, I'll record it. It's there. I have it. I yes. can go back and get it. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas for you, it's like, I, I mean, I'd rather see you almost like stay in whatever the moment that is because you do have the Rolodex. You can bookmark it and go get it. Well, I, th- I think it for music for me, it's yeah. inspiration. Okay. You know, so once you, I, once you once you charge, because th- several things have to happen for me at one time. Okay, I understand. I got to I got to have my theme in my head, and I used to have the hardest time writing music. And I'll ask you about this. This is my next question to you. Yeah. I had the hardest time when I first started writing music of from verse one to the chorus to verse two to uh-huh. the chorus to the bridge to the chorus. I couldn't stay on theme for nothing. Oh. I couldn't do it. I, I, it would sound like, as far as the, the point of the songs. song, the topic, yeah. would sound like two or three different things going on. Right. So I created a formula. I started by recording and just staying in the computer. And I'd get my guitar recorded, and then that could that took one distraction away from me, and okay. I could focus on my lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I started to do that, that created a mental process for me. Mm-hmm. And now I have that mental process down. I have a formula in my head of how I write my music now. Interesting. So that works for me. So I need all of those things to come at one time yeah. for me to really what I produce what I think is a complete song. Yeah. The so in the bottom moment. The, the millions of songs I have started that are just pieces and they're sitting in a box somewhere, they're there. Right. And I do the same thing you do. I'll put a recording. So like for you, what is your what's your process? Huh? Like do you have a process? Dude, I mean I don't, there's zero rhyme or reason to it. It's a blessing. I can say that. I mean, it's, it just comes. So I was in class today and I play for, I play guitar for my kids. Um, you know, if they're doing some sort of book work or uh, we do like a little meditation moment and they do a little social to begin every class, you know, and they come to class and put their heads down for like two minutes and just kind of, you know, clear their heads, prepare for learning. And then I let them go socialize. I play guitar then. Um, I usually have a guitar on my body in class. And so if I'm, you know, playing around, so today I was playing around and like just this cool little progression popped up. I was like, oh, let me get this. And my kids be quiet, 27. <laughs> Game off. Yeah, like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm writing, man. It comes to me. Yeah. Recess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pause for the cause. So the, the way the songs come in, I, in my sleep, like I wake up with melodies. Um, have you ever had a time where, like, the product wasn't quite there where you wanted it? 
and then and then you come back to it and you you finally have that thought process that this completes it, this finally does it. So I used to be a perfectionist in in many things, all things. To you know, to like, I mean, it would perfectionism is just another word for procrastination. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Oh, oh that's like a that. sting. That's true. That's a sermon, Dustin. Yeah. Oh, it's true. I need to write that. It's true. It is. Yeah. Right, because you'll you'll never you'll never uh, get to the end product without it. It, it won't happen because perfection won't happen. Yeah. Right. And so in learning that, I've gotten away from like you know. I don't know that there's any bad ideas. They're all just learning opportunities, right? Sure. Some yeah. of them you may go back to and, and, and use, right? Or some of them were just part of your learning. Yeah. You know, Michael Jordan missed a bunch of jump shots and he, he'll tell you himself. He's like, I, I became the player I was because of the shots I missed. Mm. I learned from them. Mm. So shoot. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, again, like the ideas come and, and, and I document them. Some of them I go back to, some of them I don't. Some of them transform into something awesome. But the process of getting getting it out from here how, out to there. How much does uh, the audience play in mind when you're writing a song? Like for example, you know we've we talked about recently comic book writers uh-huh. who they don't write the story they want; they write the story they know will sell or the story that people will buy because that's what they want to read. So the difference between me and someone creating fiction, right, mm-hmm. is that. I'm just documenting the human experience hmm. in many cases, right? I can, I can write hypothetically, right? I, I want, I mean, my aim in a perfect world, I'd be a professional songwriter. That's all I do. Yeah. Um, you know, performing and being the face and, and things of that nature. Um, I could, I could go without that. Yeah. Um, I do love the platform, the ability to connect with folks in that way. And also just like share good stuff, you know, yeah. but you know, Help me where I was, where I go. With the audience. Audience, yeah. yeah. So it's not the audience, like, if I'm creating dance music, I have the audience in mind. Right. right? So if I'm, in a, if I'm in a certain thing, which, like, somewhere down the line, I just want to make an album that's dance music. Yeah. Just like, you know, the stuff we came up, up came up you know, listening to, just, just grew so hard you couldn't help but get up, right? <laughs> but, you know, tasteful and, you know... Um, Appropriate. You could play in a middle school that dance. We all we all could enjoy, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but you know, like it's it's. I write it. I write it as honestly as I can. I create music from a place that's like real. Yeah. And I try to translate that via my voice. Um, and I truly care about the lyric. I, I just feel like, yeah. I mean, music's amazing man yeah you know you take you take a strong lyric because there's there's lines we can just read out loud mm-hmm. that are so powerful that it'll, it'll break you down your knees sing that line yeah. like mm-hmm. sing that right like you know voice is just like the soul weeping or smiling yeah you know well that's and, like psalms and yeah. people people sit there and they read psalms in the bible and they don't realize those are songs they're songs yeah. man. Right? you know the, the the bible references more than one time about singing a new song Mm-hmm. You know, and the the thought behind that, and what people should be focusing on when they hear that, is that um, I believe we're meant to praise God. That's that's our purpose. So when you when the Bible says sing a new song, that means you should be constantly looking for an opportunity on a daily basis to refresh your relationship with God and to to sing a new song. There's the, God's not stagnant. You know, we don't sing about Him in the past. We can sing about Him in the present. Mm-hmm. 
and every day he's doing something for us, and that gives you the opportunity for that new song every day. Interesting. So I have two questions for you. Before I get to those, um, I want to go back to something that Tim said. Um, So you said you could remember your kindergarten picture. And as soon as you said that, all that popped in my head is you in a Pollyanna outfit, straw hat, and lollipop. Is that (laughs) accurate? or Well, you know, Gary, it's funny that you say that because I'm going to have to bring you a picture of my Halloween costume when I was like four. My brother's name is Andy. Please tell me you were raggedy, raggedy and oh my god! Oh yes, um, you need. We need that, and we need to post it. Anyway, was, was, was that planned? No, 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 that was not. You're all the magicians. Where's the hat? Magicians or brain damage? One or the other. Where's the hat? So anyway, um, I, I, I will provide that for you, and we can put it on multiple social. That's gonna be wow. our first, that's gonna be our first T-shirt. Um, anyway, <laughs> so for joy. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed. Not. It's going to be side by side a picture of him dressed back then and a picture of him dressed in the same outfit now. Um, oh, so. <laughs> Halloween is a pause. It's going to be stretching at the seams, buddy. Yeah. Halloween is a pause. I'll t- I almost did my music again, but that would have failed. Yeah, no. yeah you're on so, the high spot. Leave it there. So my, uh, so my, first, my first question is uh, – when and why did you start playing music? Like, what got you started in music? Was it something that, you know, from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Or was it something that you reached a point at, in your life where you're like, you know, I really want to start playing music? It was wild. So so there's two things. One, I don't, like Tim, unlike Tim, like, I don't recall a lot of my, my youth. Um and well, so, but thankfully, I, but you did have a regular conversation. We just cost you. So, <laughs> I, actually, I wore Michael Jackson jackets with the zippers, nice, like, like the black one and the red one. And you know, and I would, you know, that was me. <laughs> that was me back in the day. The jackets are cool. If I could have one, I rock one now. Um, but so I, I had to do some research on kind of like what type of person was I when I was that young. And it's apparent from family um, reports and, and friends. Um, I was just, I always loved music. It was always music. Like I could put a record on like as soon as I could walk. My dad was a DJ, um, and I could memorize music from a young age. Um, I was talking to my cousin recently. Uh, he and I reconnected after many years, and he was he's like, man, I just remember you always singing, and you knew all the words to all the songs on the radio. He called me a Radiohead. Which is funny because he knows nothing about radio, <laughs> right? And like they have one of my favorite bands, right? And I was like, "You call me radio, I love band. But to come to that, you know, that realization because I thought I was an introvert as a child, you know, just I was artistic. I would draw, um, read a lot, and I didn't think I was social, but I was the complete opposite. Fast forward, um, Eastern High School, uh, late nineties, um, senior year of high school. Um, my friend sought me into lacrosse, and so um, you know I was a, I started playing lacrosse late. I think maybe my sophomore year, mm-hmm. and senior year, you know I'm hanging out with this this pack of, pack of fellas, still some of my closest friends to this day, and uh, you know my friends were like, "You sing all the time, man. Why don't you just join choir with us?" And it was uh, which is interesting. Lacrosse players that sing in choir, yeah, I know yeah. they were a rare rare mm-hmm. breed. That was the culture there, man. Yeah, right. It was like cross yeah. players, football players. Like for some reason, choir was like everybody get in there and get you under the Yeah, and so yeah, I, I joined choir. Um, Mr. Thomas was amazing. 
um, accepting like me and just my my rawness, right? And uh, just trying to uh, they just they just I got exposed, man, to to music and choral music and um, truly enjoyed it. I couldn't read music. I'd fake it till I made it. You know, mm-hmm. I would memorize the lines and, and and sing them. And there was a guitar in the choir room, mm-hmm. and one of my my close friends. Still to this day, Justin Ryan, he's a local musician, um, awesome dude, taught me some of my first songs on the guitar. And so I learned um, High and Dry by Radiohead. Uh, and then that got me into a whole nother realm of music. Like that opened up, that opened up everything. I grew up on um, in the church and so gospel music. Obviously, I knew about soul music and and things of that nature, uh, blues and R&B. Uh, but this other music, you know, I didn't know anything about, you know, rock and roll. And, um, you know, we came up, 90s had some great music, well-recorded and like some great music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just got introduced to, to rock and roll and, and, and just, you combine those worlds and that's me. You know, like, literally like, soul, R&B, gospel, um, classical music, choral music, right? right? And then rock. I mean, dude, I mean, that's... Lenny Kravitz? Yeah, that's hilarious, right? Yeah. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz. And the 90s gave us... Idris Elba. Uh, I, I don't think the 90s can... <laughs> give us... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the 90s can claim, like, like creating some of the some of the powerful genres, but they definitely took them in directions. Mm-hmm. Like, alternative music comes out of the 90s. Um, and you look at a lot yes. of the bands that came out of there, a lot of the, the punk rock that came out of, you know, mm-hmm. California and Southern California, middle California that came out in the nineties, you know, mm-hmm. when, it, when it started hitting mainstream where people here in Maryland could figure out what the music scene in California was like. <laughs> well, and it also seemed like, the, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. 311. Yeah. Well, also the nineties seemed like to be, um, a time period where different, forms and genres of music would come together and combine yeah. like 311 uh-huh. a good example or um sublime you had a lot of rock you had some folksy stuff in there Scott. and Scott, yeah man Scott combined with rap yeah reggae and yeah like, it was it was just amazing and then look with that influence where you end up with groups like Linkin Park driving in from the late 90s into the early 2000s mm-hmm. you really become like the 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 foundation of their genre mm-hmm. you know and it's and then yeah. the 90s right. kind, of, all kind of sparked all of that. It fed all of that. And so that, you know, again, that era yeah. of music and plus the, the pedigree of music that I grew up around. I mean, there's songs I shouldn't know. Like, I, again, I can't remember anything in elementary school. But, like, there's songs I know the lyrics to, like, right now. Yeah. That you're just mm-hmm. like, you weren't even born then. Man. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I can remember some of my earliest memories of um, our album covers. My father... When living in either Chicago or Mississippi, like he had framed albums on the wall, and I can remember this Ted Nugent album mm-hmm. with like oh, yeah. his back and the fingerprints, the cat scratch fever, I think potentially yeah. right is on that album, and I can remember that album cover, and I, it always been in my head, and I finally asked my father about it a couple years ago. I was like, Dad, what is this? What was it? Did you have a record hanging on your wall? And he was like, Yeah, I did. So just so I can get little pieces, but music, bro. I mean, it's there's melodies and. Let me just dance in it. Well, you, you just revealed something I did not know, even though I've known you since high school. And I did not know you didn't... sounds like you weren't born or grew up in the Eastern area. No. So I didn't, I didn't move to the East until I was in sixth grade. Okay. Um, was born in Champaign, Illinois. 
um, that's not a made up place. It's an actual place. Yeah. When you add my name and where I was born, it sounds like made up. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like campus, right? From yeah, Champagne. From Champagne. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> you need to try to feel like a friendship. I'm from Champagne. Champagne. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who is Ted Meadows' character in Silent Live? Ladies Man. Yeah. That's, that's what yeah. that sounds like. A perfect setup. Oh, I did. I felt like a perfect setup. <laughs> 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 My name is Gintibia Jones. <laughs> So what was kind of funny, um, like what you said with music, like I always joke that I can't sing and I I really can't. But um, one of the things I used to always do with my girls when they were babies and I, you know, I'm a dad with two girls. So you're automatically wrapped around their little fingers. You are owned. Yeah. So I would hold them and I would sing them songs that remind me of my childhood. And um, one of them was Sloop John B by the Beach Boys. Yes. Which is a terrific song, probably the worst song to sing your baby because it's all about being drunk on a boat and getting kicked off of it. Yeah, not a, not a but, great song. But a really good, but a really good, uh, a great really, melody. yeah, great mm-hmm. melody. And um, you definitely couldn't hit those high notes. And I would sing um, If I Had a Million Dollars by Bare Naked Ladies, and they yeah. would fall asleep all the time. And I would literally dance around holding them. And it's just like, it's just because those were two songs that took me to my happy place. Uh-huh. So singing it to them, and um, they st- like they still play them. My oldest, especially, so she cool. has Sloop John B on her um, Spotify as well That's as cool. If I Had a Million Dollars. Yeah, so it's That's like cool. music connects you generationally too. It's yeah. like you know, and the reason why I sang those to my kids is because my mom would play Beach Boys all the time for good reason. Yeah, so I yeah. grew up. Yeah, oh, I love the Beach Boys. I mean, it's still one of my favorite oh, things to listen to. to. Yeah, it's just incredible. So um, I guess my second question, it's a kind of a, a little bit of a change in pace, but um, if you could change anything about the music industry, what would it be? Wow. I got something for you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that, and, and I'll compare, I love photography too, mm-hmm. by the way. So this is the comparison I'll make. The recording process, I, I would change how easy it is to create music. I would change how, how, how easy it is to create music. There's some gifts in that, that, that people can get their ideas out, but I feel like there's such a saturation of music, and so you you swim through this sea of, in this case, there is some bad music. Yeah, yeah, okay. mediocrity. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, you swim through the sea of this, this music that, um, man, that just takes up a lot of it's garbage. hardware, right? A lot, a lot, a lot of hard drive, right? Um, and people have lost... Like the way music used to be recorded, because I'm a hi-fi, I'm, a, I'm an audiophile. Like mm-hmm. I love vintage audio. I, I, I mean, I love it. Yeah. I love that crap. Two stereos. Yeah. Well, if you if you're doing it right, you don't hear it. Well, I have it over my house. Like yeah. yeah. Like I mean, when you hear a proper record and a proper setup, you you hear what they what they were hearing in the studio. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. And so the recording process, like the 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 links that people went to to record music. Right, and then also the skill level it took to record it live with a band in the space, like the Motown music that was recorded, you know, the dirt basement, and and some mics and just great players and great vocalists, you know, no auto tune, you know, no, you don't you don't have infinite takes, like just the musicianship level was so high, and and the skill level of the engineers and the producers and the composers that put this stuff together to manifest this times music, right? Now, you can take a laptop, 
some other, you know, like, right. you can just build it in the box. And I don't, I'm not, I love electronic music. So my new album, I have some of those elements, but like the process has been lost. The process has been lost in this, you know, with technology and the same thing with photography, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Think about a photographer you used to, you know, yeah. right? Like you, you have to learn how to control light. You have to understand aperture and, and all those things. And you have to learn how to develop film, you know, dodge and burn. And, you know, frame a shot. You know, now everybody has an iPhone. You can take a picture and you pretend you're a professional. Right? Right, the portrait filters. mode. Yeah. Portrait mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but don't, you think, don't you think that that gets, the music aspect of that, mm-hmm. I think it gets revealed. Because I was just watching an interview the other day. Of, I forgot who it was, but it's two very popular musicians. Performing right live. They're a group. Yeah. And they were talking about how, like, what's your biggest struggle? Well, figuring out how to do the live performance. Because we've done everything in our basement. And we've got all these yeah. instruments we got to figure out how to play That's and how to get that out. part in there. Yep. It's a weakness. It's exposed, bro. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a true weakness. It's exposure, right? And so when you see great music and you hear, you know, the greatest credit I can get is that, oh, oh my God, wow, you sound like your album does a lot. You sound better, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And, you know, and that's something I had the opportunity to work with some producers and engineers out in L.A., which was a blessing. I learned so much. Um, they worked with Luther Vandross. Okay. Oh, wow. Whom had one of the best voices ever. Mm-hmm. And he was meticulous in the studio. And he would he would he would say, he's like, I'm not going for the best take. I'm going for the right take. So whatever fit that song, he would save you know, the magic and, and those, those extra notes and the flash for live. He would say that for live. That's how good he was. So he'd kill whatever we thought. We listened to these classic recordings. We're like, man, that was amazing. Luther was saving it. He was saving it. He would serve the song and then he would add these flourishes and these, these amazing things live because he had. I've, I've been turned off from bands who are exposed on stage and they sound nothing. It's, it, it disappoints me so much. I'm like, I, I don't think I'll buy their next album. Dude, it's it's so funny. I was we have a live recording from my last show at the Ranta, and I'm my biggest critic. You know, I'm a recovering perfectionist, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, you know, my band sounds awesome. You know, I'll critique my guitar playing and things like that. But my voice is one of the big things I want to work on and be better at. Like I want it, I want my voice to hold up and my my pitch to hold up. And um, and so you know, I was just micro micro tweaking myself and micro. Um, you know, judging it, but at the same time, it's like you know what—you got up there and you did it um, to the to the to the average listener. Like you know, you didn't sound terrible, right? And I can only get better. I can only grow because I was brave enough to go out and do that. Yeah, right. But I'd rather be doing that than like, oh my God, how are we going to fake it up here? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 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 Right? yeah. Oh, that's got to be a horrible feeling. Like, yeah, how am I going to get up here? Fake it. What what, how, are the, what are the recording skips? Which, yeah. which, which we've seen that. Oh, Saturday Night Live. Man, whoever that was, was. Where she, uh, oh man, who was who it? Who was it? It was, um, it was one of the, oh, ah, uh, she's the sister of somebody else who's famous. Gosh, uh, well, I can't remember her name, but she was, um, it's, uh, the, the sister of Spears. Yeah. Um, one of them. Gosh, yeah, it's she, a little sister that yeah, was she, on, the, yeah. the, uh, the music Jane Spears, the means? music yeah. started early. So she's standing up there, and like <laughs> suddenly she just dances off the stage because she was so embarrassed. Yeah. Cringe. Bro. Yeah. So, but no, what you were talking about with the whole recording. <laughs> one of the cl- <laughs> <laughs> got to copyright that. But um, one of the um, one of the a recent movie that I watched. I'm I'm a Queen fan. I, I that band was another band that I combined some Bohemian Rhapsody. Dude, the guy killed it, man. Yeah. yeah oh, 
He did great, but Smash just it. the scene where they're recording the actual song Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. where I, I know it's dramatized, but it was so awesome. Like so many takes that they had Listen, to take. That, all that's, of that. that's the truth, right? That 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 like there's there's so many. I think that has like the record for the most tracks in the song. Mm-hmm. Like he layered so many. They layered so many vocals and other. What's well, obvious. Bro, it has like, so many nuances in that song. Yeah, yeah they, they, they really, you know, again, that, that what you saw in the appearance, mm-hmm. but you got back to the process. Yeah. Right? Like, man, like, what an amazing process. Yeah. You know, what an amazing process. Uh, you know that song, uh, Money by uh, Pink Floyd? So before before we, like, they, they made a loop. They made that loop. So real to real tape is how they recorded classic music they made a physical loop right before you had you can make a digital loop so they had tape and they they, they recorded that part they taped it and they looped it and they had to use like a broomstick or something to make the make the reel long enough for the loop to keep going wow. I might be messing up the story but like they had to go to those yeah. lengths to get right to get those results come on man come on dude right like, that's just that's cool well you look at if you ever um, did you ever watch a documentary on the Eagles What's it called? I don't know what it's called, but they, they had the original. Probably um, Hell Freeze is over. I think that was the one. Was that what the documentary yeah. was called? But they talked about how um, they all got together and they were on the verge of kind of going different directions. And they, they all went they, – they went to a retreat. The manager like, no, we're getting together. And he took them to like the mountains somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it was just them, their instruments, and some equipment. And they were there for several weeks, I thought, is what he said. And they hashed through not just all their – Personal issues they may have had with one another, but they sat down and just made a record. wrote music. Come on, man! man. And process. I mean, you see them up on man. stage. I've seen the Eagles live. It's it's an I amazing did. thing to see. They, there's nothing they get wrong. Joe Walsh, man. Yeah. Well, and going back to Queen, if you look at like all their music, they did so many different genres and sounds yeah. of music on each album you're just kind of like and yeah and just you're right and that, that was that was eye opening to me when I saw that scene in the movie because I was like man I grew up listening to them and all those different sounds but it never connected that the process yeah they had to put that all together and then be able to do it live as well the process yep right. and it's just amazing and you, I, I agree with some of the things you said earlier there's some musicians that I see today or at least listen to or I should say hear my kids listen to mm-hmm. that I'm like there's no way they could have done what those guys did. Many of them can't hold up. There's a few that could. Right. I mean, there's, there's a handful of them that are like, you know, really, I mean, high caliber. We can get into that later. There's a there's a YouTube video out of Ed Sheeran. Uh-huh. And Ed Sheeran is, um, he's being interviewed and he's like, I can I can do any modern popular song, any with pop song with four chords. <laughs> yeah, four chords. And he shows him it's the E, a G, a D, and maybe an A. I think is what he went, he went to. to like three or four songs. I saw that. And he went through like like three or four songs. And the the interview ended. The video ended. But he kept going. He went yeah. through several songs. Yeah. That's today's music. Oh yeah. You know, it's, just yeah. a few songs, and you're through, or just a few chords, and you're through the song. I call them adult nursery rhymes. Yeah, mm, that's a good call. You know, they're adult nursery rhymes. I got a I got a question for you, Contavious. Bring it. I know you got a passion. And uh, special interest in helping people get through trauma, mm-hmm. especially with your students. Mm-hmm. What role has trauma and suffering played in your music personally mm-hmm. as something for healing for you, but also in helping others heal? Um, one, the, the, the newer music that I have coming out will 
reflect my personal experience. You know, I've written some songs just to kind of um, just talk about the things I've endured, right? Yeah. You know, the parts of my story that are difficult, but um, were one, inescapable, um, and also two, they shaped me. Yeah. And so it's, you know, you when you when you go through trauma and when you come to recognize what it was, um, you could either lament about it, but for me, I've been able to, you know, I'm I'm, I'm converting my perspective to to be like, what a gift, like what a blessing that I've become the person that I am despite it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I and I needed to have had those experiences, you know, to be this person. Without them, I mean, I kind of seriously, I'm like, man, I'm, I probably would have been an awful person mm-hmm. if I, if I hadn't experienced those things. And you know, so so my you know my work obviously with kids and and obviously you know my passion you know with with my school you know working hard to be trauma informed and really approach our students um with a new lens yeah and uh see them see their behaviors um not as them just acting out but symptoms of what they experience you know those yeah. are just symptoms of trauma the, that that behavior and and just being sensitive and aware to that and um holding them accountable for their actions but helping helping them heal in the process and, and teach them emotional intelligence. So that in my professional work, you know, has, that's what that looks like. In my classroom, it's it's all about um, giving them a second chance and seeing them. Because uh, you say you play in the classroom too. I'll play music for them, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a settling thing, right? Yeah. Um, but just creating a safe space where they feel like they can make mistakes um, and, and where they can learn emotional intelligence, you know, where they can change their behavior, you know, whether or not punished if they act out. Because you know what? They live, they live in fight or flight, yeah. you know, much of their lives. You know, a lot of my students come from poverty. Um, you know, teaching Macy's Lane in Cambridge, Maryland. Um, the demographic is quite similar to Baltimore as far as yeah. Vermont's crime per capita. And my kids have shared their stories and I know their stories. And I know that community and uh, just some of the trauma. It's a traumatized community. Yeah. And so with that lens, um, I approach my classroom, I approach my students in that way. And it's not this, you know, woosah you know, lovey-dovey. No, I, I have structure. Yeah. And and I wouldn't call it tough love, but it's like they, they're dying for structure when they live in chaos. Yeah. You know? And they want consistency. And all the hugs in the world and all I love you know, in the world won't get them through what they go home and experience. They need tools yeah. and they need weapons. Yeah. And so I just try to empower them with, you know, um, with words of wisdom and encouragement and just let them know that they come from some bad circumstances. Uh, but they themselves are not bad. Yeah. And they have all the potential in the world. Mm. So, you know, I've taken, you know, my trauma and what I've learned about uh, trauma and its effect on children and child development. I've put it in my classroom. You yeah. Know, I've turned that, that pain um, into my passion and um, just to try to help them. As far as how it's going to reflect in my music, I'm writing some, some powerful stuff. Yeah. That tells my story. And, and it tells, you know, our story for those who've suffered. Um, it just it just it just speaks. It's a narrative. Right? You think that's missing in the music industry today? I think that it's, <clears throat> especially since we live in a culture that seems like everybody struggles with some sort of mental, mental disorder. Health. I'd be, yeah. I'd be yeah. more worried with people capitalizing off of it more than it not being present. See, yeah. see, the, the thing is, is that like so. What's glorified in in popular music is the numbing of this yes. pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's the numbing of this pain. I mean, honestly, all the vices that people take on um, to um, to excess yeah. are—they're just trying to, to hide pain, yeah. right? And shame, right? And you know, sex, alcohol, drugs, 
right? Yeah. I don't care. You know, you know, you know, screw everybody, right? Those are all defense mechanisms. Those are all coping mechanisms, yeah. hormones, right? So I think a lot of music speaks on it, but it's the wrong tools. Right. Yeah. You know, it, our society at all is all about numbing pain. Like even in a, you go to the hospital or you go to the doctors because something hurts, what's the first thing they do? They prescribe you something. Oh yeah, that's 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 why this crisis is happening, right? Meanwhile, <laughs> our meanwhile our pain is part of what makes us who we are. Yes, and if you numb that, you never become who nah. you're supposed to be, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, you can't. Just like doctors, there comes a time where treating the symptom does not help. All your if you have a, a an illness and you have the sniffles, and I give you Sudafed. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm fixing what's wrong with you. It's yeah, I can't even get that over the counter anymore. No, you got an ID for that. Yeah, so, yeah. but yeah, and, and it's part. Of, and so I, I like what you're. I, I love what you're saying. You're giving them a tool set. Um, you know, coming from a military background, Dio would be making fun of me, like, yeah, you're cool. But um, coming from a military <laughs> background, that that's that's what they do. That's part of what they do. They give you a tool set right. to be able to use in any situation. Right. You're, you're doing the same thing with your kids but in a more healthy manner right. than the military would and you're giving them a tool set that they'd be able to use for the rest of their life dude it's the most it's the most powerful thing I could do mm-hmm. in that space Absolutely. you know I I, um, I measure you know and I tell them outright this isn't like a, my kids can tell you you know like I, I value their emotional intelligence equally as their academic growth you know yeah. as you know as their academic intelligence and so um, approaching it that way and teaching them about their brain and how their brains work and how emotions work. Um, it's empowering because this is the time for healing. Yeah. Not when you're in your 30s, which is when a lot of people come to bat. They come to roost with their, with their, with their, with their childhood or whatever adverse experiences they have. This is the time when it all hits yeah. because there's so much stress. And you speak to, you know, we've all spoken to, the chaos that we see in, in, the, in the so much mental health issues. And I equate that to... Um, we are over, overstimulated and we're oversaturated. Um, we, we're overworked. We're overstressed. Um, we, we're only, our brain's only capable of making like a certain amount of wise decisions per day, like good decisions. And then we get decision fatigue. I don't know if it's 10,000, but like we can only make so many decisions and we make a gazillion a day. Mm-hmm. And so we are, we are taxed. Think about mm-hmm. kids. Like mm-hmm. a decision is a decision whether you tie your shoes or who to play with on the video game or... Right? Like, what am I going to do at school? These kids and these devices, man, people in general are married to these devices. Mm. You make so many decisions looking at this little screen. And it's, it's so, and then, and then life, right? Uh, job, my work, my health, kids. Yeah. We juggle all these things and we never take time to download. And we never take time to process these ills and these things, these pains that we have. Like, event happens and we have to get back to work. Um, yeah. Something happens in the past. We've been burying, we've been burying it and running away from it and numbing it so long that we're watching people crash because we're overstimulated. The brain is taxed. And one of your songs on Bohemian Beatbox, I think you even say that you tell them to put the devices down. Telephone. Yep, mm-hmm. telephone. You're yeah. like, yeah, you tell them to put it down. So that that's a great segue because um, you know we're gonna run out of time soon. I want to go ahead and uh, ask you to just uh, you know about your album Bohemian Beatbox. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what led to that? Um, what what um, like what process did you go through in picking those exact songs that you want on that album and the message you wanted to get across? So the title Bohemian Beatbox it just speaks to what I touched upon earlier. How you know I who I am as an artist it comes from so many influences. Mm-hmm. You know 
And, and I believe the artist, as an artist, you're the sum of your influences. And, and I wanted this album to represent my influences. It's like a, a ode to all these um, great songs and great musicians that have contributed to who I am as an artist. Um, Bohemian Beatbox, that, that just sounds cool. <laughs> it was. When I first found it, I was like, that is such a cool... I love the way it yeah. flowed, but it makes sense, right? It's just like, you know, I just take all, all things that are good and have inspired me. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I represent them on this album. And it also acts as a working resume for me as a songwriter, you know. Yeah. I thought, what better way to, to come out the blocks than just highlight, you know, the, the diverse, you know, songwriting ability. And, yeah. um, and just to, you know, chronicle where I am right now. And so I felt like this is a good representation of my influences. You know, you could go, you could go to any song and you can make a list of, I wouldn't even have to tell you who my influences are. And you could kind of hear them in it, yeah. um, song by song. Yeah. song by song and you know for me I'm happy with the end product the people are responding to it well um, I just want to get it out to more people yeah, man. I love Father Father and um, Diamond great. Eyes man I, I love both those songs yeah. I've probably listened to those what a contrast for you bro yeah I know you're like let's dance let's talk to Jesus yeah <laughs> dude you, I think uh, I, I think you could have explained me perfectly just there if only I could dance but no I uh, no I I'm footloose all the way, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that that whole entire movie. Uh, in fact, uh, funny. Uh, there was a. Yeah, my wife's probably gonna kill me for saying this, but uh, okay. there, there's a there's a local school that doesn't allow dancing at their uh, formals. Okay. So we've always uh, used the youth center to throw an after party that they could dance at. Oh, cool. So um, a, I did it for the kids, and I did it for like four or five years in a row. B. Um, I did it because I knew it was like my wife's lifelong dream to live footloose. So I was like, <laughs> uh, that movie. So I was like, let's do it. I was like, so it was That's kind awesome. of, yeah. And we've, um, yeah. Our I, wife is probably Greece. Just was you doing gymnastics to an old Midwest barn. Yeah. That, no, that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> it, it, I would have hurt myself, but no. So it, but it, it is, uh, no, that that is kind of. I mean, my, my tastes my tastes are all over the place. I mean, I, I could be listening to Beethoven one minute and then listening to uh, Wu Tang Clan the next. You know, that was yeah. So it's kind of like I've, it, it's always for me. It hasn't been like what music's cool or what people are going to think about the music. It's been that feeling, mm-hmm. how that song makes me feel. Um, so, but I don't. I uh, I was going to ask something else and completely forgot. Uh, yeah, too. That's okay. So it was. So it was the. Where were we at? The oh, yeah. Um, so where can people oh, yeah. where yes. can people find Bohemian Beatbox? Where can they uh, listen to it at? At a store near you. Um, <laughs> mostly online. So Spotify, iTunes, um, Google Music. Okay. Uh, you can stream it on YouTube. Um, my students have found it that way. Awesome. They're cute. Um, Pandora. Um, and if you come catch me live, you can get a physical disc. Uh and I'm working on pressing it in vinyl. Oh, cool. oh yeah. man. I, very cool. We still have a record player in our uh, living room. Yeah, I'm very serious about vinyl. That's awesome. Yeah, very serious. You could call me Vinyl Richie. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you used that one? <laughs> if that was off the cuff, well done. No, that is one of I have multiple aliases now. That's awesome. <laughs> I do you need aliases. Yeah, my karaoke name is Thunderblood. <laughs> yeah, because think of how amazing that is when they call your name, <laughs> Mister Blood Thunder Thunder, Mister Thunder 
Thunderblood? And I'm like, yes, let's go. That's me. <laughs> yes, Killed their scorpions right like a hurricane. Dude, ripping it. Right? <laughs> yeah, I got him. The baby. I mean, I could. I have 18 billion nicknames, man. It's awesome. You're going to have to send them all to us so we can post them all. Oh, dude. <laughs> Hashtag. Did you say that I have a plethora? <laughs> Hashtag Thunderblood. Hashtag <laughs> Thunderblood, dude. Yeah, I can't believe a Sean Connery accent hasn't come out of you at some point tonight. Yeah. He's holding back. Don't be holding out on me, man. Yeah. Uh, big fans of the uh, Saturday Night Live skit. Oh, man. The Jeopardy? Jeopardy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sean Connery's smart, man. Why do you make him dumb on there? Why uh, is that? I don't like that. He's my friend, man. <laughs> He's real Trebek. He is. Real, real he is dude. We sang karaoke once together. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't tell if he's kidding. Yeah, well, I, I'm trying to picture the song that Sean Connery's singing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or something else. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I wanted to sing I Keep Forgetting by Michael McDonald with a with like oh, in his accent, but I couldn't do it. Oh but I could. Sean Connery singing. I I've, I've gotta believe that if he were interviewed about that skit, he just sits and laughs. He he has to. Right? I'm a big fan oh, of the goodness. scorpions. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> so good. with that, before we start all going around the table and doing the Sean Connery accent, I just want to really thank you for doing this. Um, it, it's been terrific. It's been oh, a lot dude, of fun. And um, and I don't know. I do you have a song that you'd like to go ahead and sing for the listeners to kind of whet their appetite for? Huh, that's interesting. You set that up pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> something that rhymes with pulp revelators. Okay. You'll have to make a song tonight. Yeah. We expect four and a half minutes of lyrically driven pulp revelator we, reference. We expect, we expect a rock ballad. <laughs> I'm working on it. Well, Matt, again, I just really want to thank you. And um, so I just want to end with one final question. And it's not going to be about showers or singing. That will save that for, again for the next guest. But um, I have something. All right. So, well, I asked the question. And no, he's going to say it. Oh, you oh, say well, How's it go? Pulp Revelators. Pulp. Pulp. Revelators. Pulp. Revelators. So no more questions. We that we cannot top that. We're done. That was awesome. Well, that's it, guys. Another episode of Pulp Revelators in the books. Before we go, we want to show you the talent of what you just heard from with Contavious Jones from his debut album of Bohemian Beatbox. We know you're going to love it, and we'll catch you next time on Pulp Revelators.
I'll be there to pick you up and get you out. I'll be there. 